0: Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Dr. Anna Kabeca. We're going to be talking about hormones, menopause, and her Keto Green 16 approach. I learned so much from Dr. Anna today, and I hope you do as well. If you haven't heard about her work, a little bit about Dr. Kabeca. She's a DL and OBGYN and FACOG, and she's the best-selling author of The Hormone Fix and Keto Green 16. Dr. Anna is a triple board certified and a fellow of the gynecology and obstetrics, integrated medicine and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She holds special certifications in functional medicine, sexual health and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. She also lectures frequently on these topics throughout the world to large audiences and is known nationally as the girlfriend doctor and is host of the girlfriend doctor show. She has personally developed natural products to help women balance hormones and thrive through menopause, including the highly acclaimed Jova cream for the vulva and Mighty Maca Plus, a powerful superfood blend. She now lives in Dallas with her daughters, horses, and dogs. I hope that you enjoy our podcast today. I'm really honored to have you here today to share your wisdom.
1: I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. You know, it really is something where there is so much confusion, even what is menopause and why is it called menopause? I mean, can we just start with renaming it? (laughs) (laughs) I
0: love that. Let's start there. What would you call it?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, in Japan, they use the word konenki. And so like, I I think we should call it kiki or something, but konenki, and that means second spring, Mm. second spring. And I think that's better. I mean, that's so much better to me. So we can breeze through menopause into our second spring of our life. I mean, puberty is even a bad word, but menopause is is just the other end of puberty. And so natural doesn't need to be shamed or we feel concerned about or fearful I think the word is fearful about uncertain and that we can just say okay that's a natural transition you know billions of people have done it before me but how do we do it well how do I need to do it well what's the signature formula for me To breeze through menopause, breeze through this transition into, like I would say, come out of the cocoon as a beautiful butterfly, not the moth.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that reframe because obviously a lot of our personal identity and identity as a woman really shifts. You know, from um, menstruating, being childbearing, and then you know this transition and shift in hormones. You know, can be again very different for everybody. But it, you know, what I always, I'm a naturopathic doctor, and what I always like to, even for menstruating women in during this time, it's like we should really easefully transition during these times, right? These times don't need to be highlighted with discomfort and symptoms and it's not, doesn't need to be a a condition or pathological. And so, you know, I think there's kind of two arms of the conversation that we can have. It's like, okay, if you're having those things, no big deal. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's try to get into more ease and uh, more of a new rhythm. But also if you're not there yet, you know, how do we prevent that? And how do we really make sure that you're uh, navigating this time smoothly? And so I'm just really curious, you know, for the patients that use, Serve and kind of how your mission came about, you know, what are you, what are you seeing kind of the average woman? What, what are they coming to you with um, nowadays with this transitional time?
1: You know, it is the whole, t- the whole concern of the hot flashes, the mood swings, the not feeling at home in your body, the loss of sexual function and desire and drive and energy and feeling like I've lost my edge. I hear that a lot. I mean, there's all the menstrual complaints that come in with the irregular cycles, the break through bleeding, the, you know, heavier than normal cycles, or, you know, fibroids acting up, ovarian cysts acting up, all this stuff that's happening hormonally, but it's the neurologic symptoms that are the most troubling, right? And this is what's so fascinating. Like when it, like I hit, I say my second menopause at 48, and I was experiencing every one of those symptoms, also sleeplessness, night sweats irritability, like, you know, that agitation where you're like overreacting for no good reason. Or like as some of my, my daughters like to say like that monster in you is coming out. Like, where did she come from? Right. That was the, all happening at age 48. Right. And I was like, what's going on? Cause I thought I like hormones are dialed in. And this is where I, again, I my first book is called the hormone fix. And I say, it takes more than hormones to fix your hormones. <laughs> and so for what I want women to do is just get really curious, get really curious, like, huh, How, why is that happening? Huh? You know, what's going on here? What, you know, maybe what can I, what did I do today that's, you know, set me off balance maybe, or, you know, what's going on and what can I do? that will set me back on balance. And this is where I say it's an over 90% in a woman's control and you and I are doctors. And, you know, I always say I've got, I've got a little egotism. So I want to say 90%, like, so I get 10% of the credit, but honestly, it's probably less than 1% that I, that I deserve. <laughs> so it's 99% in a woman's own control and a woman's own power to transition through. And when I recognize that it's, takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. It's the nutrition and lifestyle and naturopath doctor, and you, especially in your platform and what you're doing in your clinic with your patients. It's like, it's all of that, right? It takes all of that. We have to look at, we have to heal the gut and these neurologic symptoms, right? Related to serotonin, related to our neurotransmitters. We have to focus on the gut for that. So for a healthy menopause, we need a healthy gut. We need a healthy microbiome throughout our body and- And I think realizing that it's empowering because there's so much we can do to make that better. But the neurologic symptoms that are happening, I got really curious about that, Christine, mm-hmm. because brain fog, memory loss, agitation, irritability, sleeplessness, that's this period of perimenopause, maybe 35 to 55, maybe, you know, plus or minus five on either end of that at this time, that's neuroendocrine vulnerability. In other words, you know, it's the mind and hormones, right? It's the nervous system and the hormones that are in this vulnerable So we're in this vulnerable time period because there's a bit of chaos going off, a a bit of unruliness, because during this transition, we can't keep doing what we've been doing. Our body's screaming at us sometimes, like you cannot keep doing what you've been doing. So let's get curious about what, what we need to do differently. And that's what I did. And that's how I came up with my keto green, keto alkaline way of doing things. And the most important hormones that overrule even our reproductive hormones, they are actually overruling, our reproductive hormones and and how important these hormones are to address and get behaving.
0: (laughs) Get back and sing. Can you... you, uh... Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I love that connection because I see a lot of neurological illnesses and a lot of, you know, those symptoms, brain fog, memory issues, cognitive impairment, I'm really big in sleep. And we we look at hormones, you know, uh, I see women of all ages and especially when people have been chronically stressed and have other kind of environmental factors and immune factors, you know, their, their hormones and their neurotransmitters can definitely be out of balance. And so we see the, the benefit there. And so I think it's really that always going back to gut brain connection right and how we can feel empowered to heal our brains through so many things and especially the gut and I, I really resonate with your approach to nutrition because i think there's again this is another point of confusion and what works for one person might not work for another but i think it's of course very foundational before we look at the other layers so how did you come up with this idea of keto green and what does that even mean mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, I love this conversation. So during that time, I like was 48, and I experienced what so many of my patients experience. They come in saying, Dr. Anna, I've gained 25, 10, 20 pounds without doing anything different. You know, I put that in quotes without doing anything different. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, you're not. Right. you <laughs> sure, the compassionate doctor that I am. Right. Sure, you're not thinking I fought that. I never said it. Yeah. But certainly, I gained 20 pounds without doing anything different. And I always did the thyroid workup, hormone workup, and, and worked on all. All those things for sure but when that happened to me it was like huh I got curious like what is happening but I also got fearful because I'd been well over 240 pounds at one point in my life mm. lost 80 pounds kept it off wow. and now all of a sudden 20 pounds without doing anything different anyone listening who's lost a significant amount of weight and you start to see it come back on you're Like, oh my God, when is it going to stop? Will I be 300 pounds before this weight gain stops? I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything different. Legit. And that's my second book, Keto Green 16. I talk about the 13 weight control hormones. I mean, there's, you know, I wish it was just one, but it would just make our life so much simpler. But this, what we do to address them is all, is all under this one umbrella. So at that time, Christine, it was like, okay, well, I'm I'm eliminating carbs, right? I've used the keto diet. I have a daughter with seizures. I was very familiar with the keto diet, used it in my neurologic patients, in my uh, Canada patients, a very low carb, restricted programs. And I and as I was experiencing this and as I completely cut out carbs really went focused on eating keto myself I kind of hit a wall and I won't say like you know keto crazy but certainly keto cranky <laughs> and I had to understand why am I feeling this way again got curious so I do what we do in functional medicine like check your urine pH I mean it is a vital sign that is so critical that is so Part of your, you know, environment and your nutrition and the combination with your epigenetics, like what's going on with your hormones, your urine pH can tell us so much. And we really, you know, as I mean, we, I've done, you know, tens of thousands of urine tests. Right? Ten, and and you never looked at the pH. Rare, rarely did I look at the pH for anything significant. Let me tell you, if you can't tell already, I'm on the high horse about checking <laughs> your urine pH. It costs pennies, and it gives you how's your mindset because Cortisol increases acidity, a poor diet increases acidity, In your tumor, inflammation, food sensitivity, stress, all that increases your decreases your urine pH, makes it more acidic, so below seven. Whereas over seven is considered more alkaline. And that we know is more grounding, more healing, associated with less cancer, with less diabetes, with less metabolic syndrome, with less heart disease. So, you know, it tells us a lot, but this is something, I mean, it was so fascinating to me to find out when I started checking my urine pH, I was as acidic as the urine, as the pH paper read. So maybe it was a pH of five and it should be over seven, but could have been a pH of three. I have no idea, but that was an aha moment for me. That was an Einstein moment where it was like, oh, that makes sense why I'm feeling inflamed. That makes sense. You know, and you know, men do keto seemingly so much easier, but Hey, men have 10 times as much testosterone, which is an anabolic hormone that maintains your muscle and your bone. Women in their thirties are getting osteoporosis from stress and poor diet, you mm-hmm. know, inflammation. So here I was like a oh, huge aha moment. So the alkalinizers, hence the green part came on your green, dark, green leafy staying very low on carbohydrate really feeding the gut microbiome. So like broccoli sprouts, kale, beet greens, like I used to throw away the beet greens. Mm-hmm. They're, they're better than the beets. Beets are good too, but a little bit goes a long way because they're high in sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So those beet greens, the Swiss chard, the sprouts, the herbs and spices, the maca, you know, the, my mighty maca plus, I doubled and tripled that, adding on these alkalinizers. And I got more and more alkaline. I felt better. Weight started getting going off. And then, Christine, this was the magic. Then I noticed that the mornings I did my gratitude journaling, my prayer mm-hmm. practice, I was more alkaline all day. Oh. More alkaline because mm-hmm. cortisol is acidifying. One of the hormones, right? We have to get over more important than our reproductive hormones are cortisol, insulin, hence the keto part makes you more insulin sensitive. But the most powerful hormone in our body is oxytocin. Mm -hmm. It's also the most alkalinizing hormone in your body, the most anti-aging hormone in your body. It's the joy, love connection hormone, not to be confused with oxycodone, oxytocin, (laughs) that hormone of love, bonding and connection. And it's alkalinizing and it's regenerating. And it improves every aspect of your life. Just even looking at that from the concept of, huh, I'm eating everything right, but I'm still have a acidic urine pH. Maybe these toxic thoughts, the automatic negative thoughts, ants that Dan, Dr. Daniel Amen talks about. You know, those automatic negative thoughts. I mean, maybe it's that negativity that's keeping us inflamed, keeping mm. us sick. Right? I'm sure you've seen that in your practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that is such a wonderful connection that I, you know, I'm on the same page of looking at how to cultivate rituals and grounding and gratitude and, you know, how we can give and, you know, feel fulfilled and passionate in life. Cause I think that has a ripple effect in our health. And I've been, much of my audience knows that I've been down the Joe Dispenza rabbit hole this year and I've been going to his conferences. And I just, what I love about his work is that he's looking at the um, science, right? And when you're in these really heart centered states of COVID coherence and heart rate coherence, how all of these neurotransmitters and these, you know, hormonal signals balance in the body. And I hadn't heard this layer of, you know, oxytocin and alkalinity and what a great indirect measure through the urine pH stick um, to really see that balance. I'm just like a lot of, (laughs) a lot of connections are being um, made in my brain right now to, um, you know, how to help support people with this. And so, no, I think that's beautiful. And I, you know, it's like, we, you know, we see patients who are so complicated, right? There's so many things going on, so many systems that need support. They have a long history of, you know, just their traumas, their exposures, all of it. And then when, you know, when I learn things like this and I hear things like this, it's like at the end of the day, I think we make it harder than it needs to be. Right. You know that I think that, you know, we are very much wired for being in a joyful state, being in a state of connectedness, being in a state of love and gratitude. And maybe that sounds like, you know, to Pollyanna, but it's like when we're in these states, our physiology falls in line. And I just you know, it's just so fun to hear all these different angles that that truth you know, keeps coming back to me.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and when we act in, you know, really choose love over fear,
0: mm-hmm. right? That's
1: choosing oxytocin over cortisol. Yeah, so <laughs> discipline to that, right? Mm-hmm. To discipline to it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, and it rears its ugly head in the menopause. Like you know, like nobody's business, right? It is. It is a terrorist in in the menopause when we've had post-traumatic stress or adverse childhood experiences. We don't do menopause as well, perimenopause. And and hopefully some people are like, huh, this is this maybe explains why I felt this way or or what happened to my partner or what happened to my sister or someone I I my dearest friend that I love just kind of just couldn't, you know, handle it because perimenopause and menopause is it can be a pressure cooker, especially when we've had these traumas, because that depletes our big protective neurotransmitter progesterone and when we're in this pressure cooker time period progesterone is the lid on the pot add in you know a lid on that pressure cooker and i don't know i I grew up with the old-fashioned pressure cooker you were like afraid it was like rubber banded Uh, i was like oh my gosh i love i love my instapot now but me tell you back then it was like oh my gosh that's scary is that lid going to blow off so you can just imagine that stainless steel pot and that lid on there and like the progesterone's the pressure cooker and before you like completely released all that pressure the lid comes booming off and you've got this just this chaos going on and this the feelings and it can it can really feel like that and that i had to under again again i got curious like why and progesterone Certainly is is significantly depleted in perimenopause and menopause, and in times of stress, and you know when progesterone's decreasing, all our other hormones, estrogen, DHEA, estrogen and testosterone are decreasing, which are integrally related to our neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, and and GABA. So it kind of starts to make sense, but what i didn't understand why is this like why is this all happening here, like the brain fog, the memory loss like i mean that was really bizarre to me too, in addition to the waking. But what I found through the research was that estrogen metabolism in the brain, I mean, glucose metabolism in the brain is estrogen dependent, most likely progesterone dependent,
0: mm-hmm. but it's
1: estrogen dependent. So, okay, if we can't use glucose for fuel, the number one consumer of glucose in our entire body is our brain. So if we can't use glucose for fuel, hence the neurologic symptoms, anxiety, even psychoses for some, I mean, there's a midlife psychosis that can happen. Your brain's starving for fuel. But the use of ketones, and so when I got keto, keto green, I was like, oh, the lights were turned on. It felt like amazing. I was clear. I'm like going from like not remembering my kids' names to, you know, writing, you know, two two books and and three programs. So, (laughs) so, and having fun doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So keto, the use of ketones for fuel in the brain is not hormone dependent. That was an aha moment for me. And that Mm -hmm. research was just recent in 2015 because just started imaging women's brain and hormones in relation to progesterone or estrogen and actually estrogen in the brain. But I really, again, without progesterone, there is no estrogen. So that was fascinating to me. So that was a huge aha moment. Mm -hmm. And where like you would think glucose is to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel. And huh, how did these traditions over our lives and I look at through you know religions and cultures but fasting especially the older we get and seasonal fasting and and traditions the wise women have adapted to attain that status in their community there's a lot of fasting going on there's a lot mm-hmm. of community loving giving all these oxytocin increasing behaviors combined with essentially Keto, keto green, keto alkaline behavior. So getting into ketosis, getting into fasting, not relying on glucose because our brain's essentially struggling during this time, starving during this time. If that, if we, if we're not getting into ketosis, if we're not intermittent fasting and extending fasting and cutting out the sugars, and it, it really is eye opening to me and the transformations that occur for me, I think it's not just a good idea. It's a mandatory. It's, it's how mm-hmm. we're designed. It's honoring our design. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's exciting. That was a big a huge aha moment for me. Yeah, no, that there's about it.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's an aha moment for me too. So as I'm hearing you, it's like if I mean, during this time, if our hormones are declined because of modern life, modern stress, the control mechanisms to shuttle glucose and metabolize glucose in our brain doesn't work as optimally. And then more, you know, our brains are starving, and that basically um translates into all these neurological symptoms. So if you just switch the fuel and give your body cleaner fuel through ketones and and ketosis that hormonal imbalance which is going to correct itself as well doesn't doesn't matter as much because your brain is getting what it needs is what it's like a biohack (laughs) but we're wired to be this way right
1: wired it's total biohack i would say you know you you never can beat mother nature you have to honor her right you have to honor mother nature how are we designed Mm. what what are the habits that the longest lived happiest healthiest people you know, what's the science behind these habits, science behind the ritual, science behind the, you know, and and that's, that's where I spend my time figuring this stuff out. I love it. I love it. But it, it, you know, again, now seeing women who, you know, are in the midst of perimenopause, menopause, or even well beyond menopause, like in their 70s and 80s, when they adapt this lifestyle, and I would say like, okay, 80% of the time, even 50% of the time, Mm -hmm. right? It is like, transformational it's transformational not just in like in our health but in the quality of our relationships mm-hmm. the quality mm-hmm. of relationships because we're grounded we're mm-hmm. more in the oxytocin mindset we're able to receive love and give love mm-hmm. and that's from a healthy a healthy physiology and that's energetics right joe Dispenza, Baron mm-hmm. morgellon we talk you know i talk about energy hormones are energetic molecules so Mm. we can repulse people or we can be magnetic magnificent Mm. and that's the design for me in the menopause that's where that's where we evolved to being this magnificent magnetic like i want to be around you like Mm. i want like we started our call i'm like gosh i'm gonna call you a sister you're a girlfriend right away right (laughs) like Mm. you're magnetic you you radiate health and radiance and love and giving like you're you know Mm. that's what you're doing you're giving you know, and that's uh, probably your love language is acts of service. I probably I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Do you know your love language?
0: You know, I am. I I think you're right. I haven't done that in a while, but I, I, yes, I agree um, with that, you know, so, but no, thank you. And I, um, I feel the same about you and it's this how do we just are in the more of the flow of our true nature of who we are, right? And how do we use our physiology to support, you know, our soul's path and our you know, why we're here, right? And this is such a huge part of this. And so, no, I, I just love your perspective and your research and everything that you're doing for women. And I can hear my audience being like, okay, we're definitely going to share the book and the resources and all of that. But like, what is, what's the reality? Like, what do you do? How do you integrate this life? And I, I like how you were also like 80%, 50%. I think sometimes when we hear these therapeutic diets or these lifestyles, a lot of us, you know, are either type A or perfectionists, And we think we have to do it perfect or we can't do it at all. And so there is some flexibility too, I'm hearing. So, you know, walk us through a day in the life of your your routine.
1: Yeah, I also want to inspire people with letting them know that I won't ask anyone to do something I'm not able to do myself. And so I never count calories or macros or measure. I mean, like initially just to get a gestalt, what is it? I'm visual. What does it look like? And let's test, not guess, right? We're gonna measure our progress as we go along. And the longest lived cultures celebrate. So I say 10% fasting, 80% keto green, 10% feasting. Mm-hmm. I like celebrate with you know, like enjoy yourself. Well, it doesn't mean go on a binge. No, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but I'm like enjoy life, enjoy, definitely enjoy the celebrate the people you're around. So I'll give you a day in my life, and you see, you know, it can it varies, right? I'm the mom taking care of kids running a business la 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 but like for example in the morning one of the things like i woke up this morning around 5 five fifteen this morning and i quickly the first thoughts that come into my mind because again remember i had post-traumatic stress so i turned post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth right so part of my practice is really like the the putting up a shield against negative thoughts so waking up in the morning i ask myself where did i see love today mm. or where did i see love yesterday You know, where it's, it's the morning. So where did, at night, I do the same. Where did I see love yesterday? Like, where was I loving? Where did I receive and give love? Like, in, in the face of a shopping clerk or, you know, it, my daughter coming and telling me something really heartfelt that she wanted to share with me. And what, where was, and where was I loving? And also, I always add in the question, where, could I've laughed at myself more, right? Like, like, where could I, where did I laugh at myself? Where could I laugh at myself more? I'm telling you, ask yourself those three questions. And you're a happier person. You're a happier person. And, and you can get curious about it, you know, like, huh, you know, I got real serious about like tripping over the coffee table or whatever, when I could have just like, just laughed about it. Okay. You know, that's great. So things like that. So that's how I start. And then I'll do, you know, a a meditation practice or, you know, just that journaling that for me, or whether I journal or just say it in my head, it is better when I journal it. But if I just go through those three questions in my head, where did I see love? Where am I loving? And where could I have laughed? Or where did I laugh at myself? And how could I laugh at myself more? So those that just meditating on that focusing, choosing love over fear, right? That's choosing oxytocin over cortisol. So I start my day that way. And maybe I'll read a scripture or do a, you know, read something, a chapter in the Bible or a devotional or something like that. And then I do my heavy hard workout. Mm. So I did sculpt class this morning in infrared here in Dallas. So um, and then, you know, really hydrate well after that. So keeping that fasting interval longer, and then broke fast around 10am with something keto green. So I drink my Mighty Maca Plus because I want to alkalinize and remove toxins as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So removing those toxins and making sure I'm getting healthy protein, healthy greens and alkalizers, and good fat. so that, you know, no fruit, no fruit in my morning yeah. Diet and my morning smoothies, rarely on occasion some berries, mm-hmm. but I want to keep my blood sugar really nice and even, so mm-hmm. that way i 'll probably break fast i 'll break fast with my i mean i 'll eat dinner around five or six with my mm-hmm. family tonight, remember to hydrate in between really really well mm-hmm. so that'll that 's a typical work day for me mm-hmm. in the evening uh, i'll you know my evening bedtime ritual is usually a nice hot bath or hot shower, if I have time, also those reflecting on a meditation, energy practice, really looking at the love in my day, Mm
0: -hmm. focusing
1: again on that, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that aspect. And so that's simple keto green, you know, intermittent fasting, no more snacking, Mm -hmm. um, staying away from sugar and carbs, again, you know, less there's that feast day that comes in or those treats that come in and you know, it's, it's not as frequent as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So they are just really enjoying, enjoying the way I feel in mm-hmm. this energy.
0: Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, no, that's a wonderful routine. And I love how that you're not only focused on, okay, what are you eating and working out, but there's all of these rituals, right. That really affect uh, your mindset and, you know, really how you connect each day. I I love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like foundational, right. I'm sure people ask you this all the time, but it comes up all the time when people ask about fasting, but what do you do about coffee? So do you, you, you didn't, it sounds like you don't even need coffee with your energy. You're not drinking coffee, but especially with, you know, also how that plays in, um, hormones, but any insight on coffee? <laughs> I know, I know,
1: you know, i I grew up drinking coffee and I love espresso. I think 20 yeah. years ago, I had the first espresso maker and yeah. I grew up that way and because in my second book, Green 16, I wore continuous glucose monitor uh-huh. continuously and I also continued to check my urine pH and ketones. Before I put that continuous glucose monitor on, I'd be like, huh, I'm fasting, but I'm drinking coffee and all of a sudden, you know, of course I get the acidity, but I'm out of ketosis. When I put on that glucose monitor, it showed that my blood sugar went up 20, you know, 20 mm-hmm. units by a cup of coffee and it's a black coffee it's a you know an espresso or maybe a double okay a double espresso <laughs> coffee and so it made me say okay I can have and this I reflected on going to I lived on a coffee plantation in Brazil called a oh, wow. for a month 2007 and so they didn't drink coffee like first thing in the morning they drink after their meal mm. the, a small espresso shot so I was like huh That's probably why, because if you're drinking it, like we do, Americans on an empty stomach, you're raising your sugar, you're raising your cortisol, you're raising your glucose, you're, you know, you're raising your caffeine is going to increase your cortisol. It's going to increase your blood sugar. So with my tender adrenals from adrenal burnout and all of that good stuff, I'm very sensitive to that. I had no idea, no idea. I mean, I, you know, maybe I didn't want to believe it. Until I saw like when you see that graph of your blood sugar and you see even stress like being fasting and getting up on stage to speak, my blood sugar went up 60 points, right? Fasting and doing a high intense workout, my blood sugar went up to 200. So, I mean, these are things fasting that's going to happen because your body's amazing, right? It's responsive. It's part of interacting. So it's not calories in calories out at all. You know, it is, as J.D. Virgin says, it's not a bank account. It's a chemistry lab. Mm. And that's so true. So that was so fascinating for me. So to answer your question about coffee, it depends. What Mm. is your blood sugar doing? How do you feel? If you have a hard time maintaining a fasting interval, don't drink coffee. Mm. Switch to tea. So this morning I'm drinking my Earl Grey tea. It doesn't do it with Earl Grey tea. Five points. No big deal. Mm. Also, remember, when you're getting up and you're stressful, your blood sugar is going to go up. So Mm -hmm. kind of take that into consideration, you know, test it, test it for yourself. Mm -hmm. But um, I found that to be really game changing for a lot of my clients, just eliminating their morning cup of coffee, substituting Mm -hmm. it out, you know, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to just, you know, substitute out herbal tea. I mean, just drink, sometimes it's just hot water just to have that sense that I'm having Mm -hmm. something hot is part of my morning ritual. And that's probably one of the toughest things for Mm -hmm. us. It is a really tough addiction to break mm-hmm. up with coffee and caffeine. And mm-hmm. I just like, okay, I'm going to have it at the end of my meal when I break mm-hmm. fast instead of first thing in the morning. And so it's, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of interesting to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Honoring your design, honoring how your body reacts. Some people do really well with it, but if you're struggling, if you're not getting into ketosis, and even if you're following a strict keto, whatever diet, and you're, if you're not testing, you're guessing. And so checking mm-hmm. your pH and ketones is, you know, like that's just part of it. Just mm-hmm. have to do that, and to check periodically and see mm-hmm. how you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's great advice and a um, great biofeedback loop, right? To see that information and you can really, again, not guess and, you know, everyone's going to be different. But I think also what I'm hearing is like, you're not eliminating coffee or it's just changing up your routine and your relationship with it, especially timing, you know? So I think, I think that's a really, a great pearl, you know, and, and people in, and it's always the first, you know, week or two weeks, you know, when you're having a new routine that is the most, um, you know, uncomfortable, but then once you're in this new routine, you uh, Uh, you feel good and you sustain it and you, you know, keep choosing it because of how good you feel. So I think, no, that's great. Um, And I think
1: remembering that too, right? Like thinking, okay, well, let me just do, you know, just really a clean, fast, clean intermittent fast, just water, you know, until I break fast, right? Just doing that for a while and just see how you do on that, like change things up. There's no set rules and then do your assessment. How do you feel? How's my energy level, you know, that getting curious, like, oh, like after that cup of coffee this morning, you know, I'm kind of more irritable at three, four o'clock and feel like I'm ready to crash versus when I didn't have it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, exactly. that's
1: what you want to find out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, switching gears because I want to um, share with my audience another wonderful product that you've created, and it's called Jova, and it's essentially um, helps with this transition. A lot of women have a lot of vaginal symptoms, and obviously that can relate to comfort during the day. It can even relate to bladder issues, and of course, sexual desire and sexual um, encounters. And so, what um, what did you create, and what's in there, and how's it different from just all the other creams out there? Oh my
1: gosh, Jova. <laughs> Is, is honestly the best. I, I think that's just a, a gift for women for sure and, and men. But Jelva is designed Joyful Vulva. It is a cosmetic cream for the vulva. And we worry about our wrinkles on our face, our lap, we we'll call them lap lines and smile lines. So, you know, they can be totally cute. Like I'm totally embracing them on my face, but don't want them down there. Don't want them down mm-hmm. there because, you know, as we get older, we lose blood flow and muscle mass to our pelvic floor. And that includes the clitoris will atrophy will shrink and get dry and sometimes just really desensitize the vagina gets dry. Then we have discomfort having sex. And irritation after sex, increase in urinary tract infections with sex, and decrease in orgasm. We have just issues with the pelvic floor, bladder leaking, incontinence when we cough or sneeze. So all of these things, I would say... It's there's a the hormone deficiency that even as much as I pellet someone or you know supplement someone with bioidentical hormones, we have to address the pelvic floor clitoris to anus, the most important mm-hmm. real estate of our body, because that <laughs> changes the quality of your life. I mean, again, we're designed for pleasure. No shame in that. Right. Like longevity of of. Couples have a, that have a healthy marriage have healthy intimacy, whether there's intercourse or not. But, like, hey, I have a 66 year old patient, Christine. She called me a couple of weeks ago. She goes, Dr. Anna, I just went to my local GYN for my pap smear. And she said, you know, that my vagina of a 20 year old, she's been using Jova for four years. I mean, that's what we want. And she got married two years ago at 64 after being single for 20 something years. And she runs an accountant firm and she heads that firm. So, the quality. Quality of life, there's no age limit on pleasure. And if we we have to honor the pelvic floor, because as a gynecologist, I've operated, I've sutured, I've, you know, repaired, I've addressed issues that create such an impairment in the quality of life of an individual that can be prevented. Mm -hmm. And so we can, you know, there's no age limit on using Jolva. And definitely, if you have these symptoms with pelvic Floor exercises, use it regularly, and I'd say from mid mid thirties forties certainly, and and throughout throughout. Mm-hmm. The longer we use it, the better the results are, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good stuff, and one hundred percent money back guarantee. Clean ing- ingredients, no parabens, no anything. It's a combination of DHEA, plant stem cells from the Alpine Rose, emu oil, coconut oil, and shea butter in a proprietary blending process that just makes it amazing your body Mm -hmm. really soaks it up smells good tastes good it's good for your partner you can use it on a vibrator you can use it topically Mm -hmm. you don't have to insert it vaginally and that's the big thing because like vaginal suppositories and Mm -hmm. tablets and you know vaginal estrogen doesn't do enough it doesn't Mm -hmm. do enough
0: yeah, no, I love the combination of ingredients that you mentioned because some lubricants just have like vitamin E or coconut oil, and then they're missing all the other reparative, regenerative, you know, um, oils and um, the stem cell, um, the plant stem cells, and then also with estrogen or estriol creams, which they can work. But again, as you said, there can be a little bit more, um, you know, not everyone maybe metabolizes it as well. As well. Um, sometimes, you know, they're um, not great for long term for some people. So they're using the DH. You know the body can really um, make the you know hormones that it needs from that building block. So I think um, safely, safely, yeah, too yeah. at the intrinsic
1: mm-hmm. cellular level. So even you know I've had oncologists recommend it for their breast cancer patients. With that said, if you have cancer undergoing treatment for cancer, check with your oncologist. But that's one of the reasons a lot of women who have had been treated or worried or family history of breast cancer are afraid of of of, of estrogens or hormones in general. So this is designed, again, using it externally on the pelvic floor, you know, clitoris to anus. We don't want to lose. There's 8,000 nerve endings in our clitoris. Yeah. Do not <laughs> neglect that piece of our anatomy. Do not, right? That is that is good stuff. So <laughs> there's that realization, too, is that, you know, something that's um, safe, clinically safe, proven over and over again to be safe. And by specifically, DHEA used vaginally or, or topically. To be safe and clients are most vulnerable population. That's really important.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you for creating that, and I'm You're excited welcome. to do this with more women um, in my practice and, of course, in our community. And Anna, I mean, I could speak for with you for another three hours, but I um, want to honor your time and just really, um, yeah, just connect. If there's anything else on your heart that you want to share, I think we've covered a lot. You know, from the nutritional aspects and the uh, keto green perspective, as well as so looking at the urine pH. You you have urine pH uh, sticks too, right? Um, you have a unique one that looks at alkalinity. Ketones with the alkalinity, which is—I don't know if anyone else is doing that. Do you want to just describe that a little bit more? Um, yeah, can find that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's a keto pH or test because you know yeah. when I started out, I had the the pH paper and I had ketone paper and, I had yeah. <laughs> and so keto strips, and so I combined it. I had um, I had it combined and and also, you know, really specific because it's an acid base reaction. So there's a little space in between them so they don't cross contaminate and you don't get skewed results. So you're really able to test my guess. Are you in ketosis? Are you alkaline? Are you alkaline while you're in ketosis? Man, that is challenging, challenging, challenging. I'm going to have to run a challenge in my group with that because <laughs> you know, it, it's so true. Like just, it, it just feels like Christmas because the ketones show up red and the alkalinity shows up green. So it does feel like that like, and it feels so energizing. And I want people to test, not guess. And it's important because I, I lectured at a keto conference uh, a few years back and there's over a thousand people in the audience. And I said, well, how many people are doing keto? You know, like nine over 90% of the room raised their hand. I said, well, how many people have tested your urine, blood, or, you know, breath ketones? How many of you tested for ketones? Less than 10% of the room. Wow. Wow. So then they're not doing keto. And they're not getting results. They could be doing really, you know, significant damage to their bodies. Mm -hmm. So you have to test, not gas. And then again, the key component is that urine pH. To tell you that you've got your micronutrients, you're feeding your microbiome. You're not in a stress state Mm -hmm. because the best of the best of us, if we're stressed, we're breaking our bodies down.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's what I want everyone to know
0: yeah yeah no choose oxytocin over cortisol I'm going to be using that today <laughs> love love
1: <laughs> yes. yeah I'm going
0: to be um yeah sharing that with my patients um in the office today no I really love that and I no, I'm, I'm really excited I know it was a long time coming for us to connect and I um, really just um, love listening to you and learning from you and I um, am really excited to share all this uh, amazing really innovative work that you've put together to help more women and um, more men in our community. So thank you so much for being on my podcast. And I hope that we continue to have um, these really heartfelt conversations. So thank you. And I
1: Anna, know we will. It took a long time to get here, but now <laughs> I've got you've got me.
0: <laughs> I know the universe had a plan, right? With timing, but um, well, Anna, can you share a little bit about where people can find you on your website and anything else you'd like to know? We'll have it in the show notes as well
1: great thank you so i'm easy to find at dr anna.com so d-r-a-n-n-a.com and on instagram at the girlfriend doctor and on tiktok now uh, on the girlfriend doctor <laughs> i know like me and my 13 year old oh okay,
0: it's I, fun it's fun yeah. quick
1: little snippets oh,
0: Really fun. well thank you again for your amazing work and your time today thank you Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today with Dr. Anna Becca. Please check out all the links in the show notes and her beautiful products and her work. And if you've been enjoying these podcasts, I would be so honored if you would leave a review on iTunes. It's a real joy doing these interviews, and I hope that you gain as much wisdom and knowledge as I do during them. Have a beautiful day.